Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 34. You can follow along on page 7 in your bulletins. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat, while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching, he said to them, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it. Others fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds, and they produced nothing. Other seed fell upon good soil and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, they produced, in one case, a yield of 30 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. When they were alone, the people around Jesus, among the tw- along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of God's kingdom has been given to you, but you, but to those who are on the outside, everything comes in parables. That is so they can look and see but have no insight. They can hear but not understand. Otherwise, they might turn their lives around and be forgiven. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all of the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and the people hear it, right away Satan comes and steals the word that is planted in them. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When the people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because, but because they have no roots, they la- last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seeds scattered among thorny plants. These are the ones that have heard the word. But the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word and it bears no fruit. The the seed scattered on the good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit, in one case a yield of 30 to 1, in another a case of 60 to 1, and in another a case of 100 to 1. Jesus said to them, does anyone, anyone bring a lamp in order to put it under a basket or a bed? Shouldn't it be placed on a lampstand? Everything hidden will be revealed. Everything secret will come out to the open. Whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. He said to them, listen carefully. God will evaluate you with the same same standard you use to evaluate others. Indeed, you will receive even more. Those who will have received more, those who have will receive more, But as for those who don't have, even what they don't have will be taken away from them. Then Jesus said, this is what God's kingdom is like. 
It's as though someone scatters seeds on the ground, then sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows. A farmer does not know how. The earth produces crops all by itself, first the stalk, and then the head, and then the full head of grain. Whatever crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it's harvest time. He continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all seeds on the earth. But when it is planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, he continued to give them the word as, as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The combination of the observance tomorrow of Martin Luther King Day and reading the passage for this week got me to think about Negro spirituals. These were the songs that were created by the African slaves as they worked the fields in America under slavery. These are songs that have become part of American culture. They are songs that we have sung as churches for over a century and a half since the abolition of slavery. Most of our church hymnals have the spirituals like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, or wade in the water, or steal away, or there is a balm in Gilead. They are all wonderful songs. And what is also interesting is that the songs had more than one purpose. The African slaves who came to what became America adopted the Christian faith of their masters. And they used the songs to express their faith. They could identify with the characters in the Bible that experienced oppression. And this is why there are so many of those Negro spirituals are songs about Jesus or Moses or the Israelites. But the songs had another meaning. The songs revealed the love and justice of God in ways that their masters could not understand. And the songs were actually also code. They were ways for the, the, the slaves to communicate with each other in a way that the master would not understand. For example, the song Steal Away was sometimes used to say that there was a service somewhere at night away from the eyes of the master. Wade in the Water was used during the Underground Railroad, urging the runaway slaves to get in the water in order to disguise their scent from the hounds. The masters and the overseers could see these people singing their songs 
and think that they were simply simple songs for simple people. The songs that would keep the slaves pacified. But in reality, these songs were not simple. They had a deeper meaning that was revealed to the slaves, but not to the slaveholders, because they could not and would not listen. This chapter today, in the fourth chapter of Mark, is filled with several parables. Now, in Scripture, parables can be considered an allegory, it can be a saying, it can be a proverb or a riddle. And actually, in this chapter, most of the parables that we find are actually riddles. But they aren't necessarily riddles that are to be solved. They are more to be lived. Jesus did this. In fact, most of his teachings were through parables. And that was not by accident. It was a way for those who were opposed to him could not easily understand. And let's think about it. Some of these people who were against him were the most knowledgeable people, knew everything about the religion, but they could not get what Jesus was talking about. But to those that were seeking God, they would see the parable as a revelation to the mystery of God. It wasn't something that could be easily explained. And like the seed that Jesus talks about more than in one place in chapter four, it was something that is planted. And over time, it might germinate and give the hearer greater understanding of what it means to be part of God's kingdom. In our modern world, in the 21st century, we want to have everything explained to us. We see faith as something more that can be easily understood if we can just understand what is being said. But when Jesus talks about the secret of the kingdom of God in verse 11, you need to understand what he's saying, because the word secret in Greek, is translated to be mysterion. It is a mystery. It is not something that can be easily explained away or quickly solved. But the kingdom has to be planted in our hearts and minds as God reveals the kingdom over time. So how do we hear the gospel? How do we share the gospel to others so that they may hear the good news? There is an urgent message for the people to listen, to listen to the parables, to really open their hearts and their ears. And that message is also for us. The parables are calling us to truly to listen for God's word to have our minds and our hearts open to what God is saying. Some people will hear the words and it will be planted in their hearts and it will grow. For others, it's basically like tossing a seed onto the concrete. The word of God does not penetrate at all. 
As I said earlier, sometimes people want to explain the faith. And one of the things I've always been interested about is how we want to make the gospel understandable to us, even though in some ways faith is not about necessarily making it understandable as it is more to live into God's mystery. So for example, I don't know how many times I've heard the story of the feeding of the 5,000. It's a story that is found in all the Gospels. We hear the story, and it is said that these people were, it was late in the evening, there was not going to be any place where they could go to get food, but they find a young boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus blesses them, and there is enough food for everyone. There are times that people have tried to explain that story and that it wasn't necessarily that the bread multiplied or the fish multiplied, but it was that the young boy who they got the meal from made it possible for others to share the food that they had and that the end of this story is about sharing. But the fact is we don't hear anyone else bringing food, let alone sharing anything. And we truly cannot understand how Jesus made the bread and fish make it into everyone. It is a mystery. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 is not something that we can explain. It is not something that comes in a neat little package that we can take away and, and live our lives. What it does is cause us to ponder. It causes us to enter into the ministry, into the mystery. What is God doing? What is God revealing to us? What is being revealed about Jesus and the kingdom of God? The gospel should always leave us with questions, questions that aren't easily solved as much as they are lived into. The slaves who sang the Negro spirituals took the words that they heard to heart. They might not have understood the concept of the Trinity or the Holy Spirit or transubstantiation, but they knew that this God that was spoken about by the Master was a God that cared for them. They, their hearts heard the word and it was good soil, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. What these stories today tell us, what they demand from us, is to share the gospel, to share the good news. I'm hoping that I do that every Sunday with all of you, to share a seed. But the thing is, the important thing also, too, is I'm not in control of what happens when I share the good news. I have no idea how the good news will be revealed to you. It may happen that it, as you get an immediate revelation, but it may take years, or it may never happen. What I can only do is have faith that God will work in each of your hearts, that you will listen for what God is saying to you. And the same goes to you. You 
are called to share the gospel with family and with friends. But you can't know how the good word will take root and how it will flower. We can only trust that God will do what God will do. There is a movie, one of my favorite movies that has come out probably over the last decade or so is the movie Inception. It was um, directed by uh, British producer Christopher Nolan. And he's always known for doing very interesting movies that, and especially dealing with time and reality and what's real and what's not real. In this movie, the main character of Leonardo DiCaprio is leading this team and they have this technology that allows them to go into another person's mind and get them to either uh, reveal a certain secret or to do something. Throughout this movie, they go into this main dream world and at some point, they are at this point where they are like within a dream world, within a dream world, within a dream world, so many levels down. They finally are able to accomplish their mission. At the end of the movie, the character that is played by DiCaprio comes home and he sees his children that he had been estranged from. This movie, this scene seems so unreal that he does something. In his pocket, he always had a top. And he would always spin the top. This was because of the work that he did, he had to remind himself what was real and what wasn't. And so DiCaprio spins the top. It is the, it, and he keeps spinning it. It keeps spinning. And of course, if it topples, then that's reality. If it doesn't topple, it's a dream. He starts to spin it. And it keeps spinning. And then his children call him away. And the last scene of the movie is we still see the top spinning. And just when we might see a hint, just this tiny hint that it might topple, the screen goes black and the movie ends. I thought that was the best way to end a movie because it kept us guessing. We didn't know that what he was facing was reality or not. But the funny thing is, a few years ago, someone wrote a blog about that movie. And as I always like to do, it seems to be common these days, people try to find out what was the meaning behind, what was the secret that they were trying to get at. And so that they were able to talk to some of the people behind the movie and they try to explain the ending. Now, of course, I'm curious, but in some ways, I wish they hadn't said that because that was part of the point. <coughs> the movie made us think, of course, about reality and time and dreams, kind of like what a parable is because we just had all this mystery of what was really going to happen. And we had to, in some ways, take on faith what was going to happen next.
In some ways, that is what parables are like. They are mysteries. And sometimes that unsettles us because we want them to be solved. But as I've said, parables are not something that can be solved, but they are to be lived into. And it is important, especially that we are lived into as a community to together seek and discern God, what God is saying. May God give us ears to listen, to really, really listen for God's word. Thanks be to God. Amen.